to the Enchanted Ears podcast. We discuss anything and everything Disney slash Star Wars. <laughs> I am Angela. And I'm Joe. And uh, welcome to part two of what turned into a two-part Star Wars <laughs> Galaxy's Edge preview. Um, you talk too much. If you did, <laughs> Thanks. If you didn't listen to part one that was last week, you can go back and do that now. If you want to listen to this part first, I don't think it really matters if you listen to it out of order. But basically, we are previewing the new uh, expansions at Disneyland and Disney World that are opening this year, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. There was a huge kind of media uh, preview. Yeah, and a, you know just a deluge of information a couple weeks mm, ago. Good word. Somebody was reading Merriam-Webster before we did this. <laughs> SAT do you get the, do, you, do you get a word of the day? I get the word of the day. I don't. Well, you should really subscribe. Of course, apparently do you don't need it? need it. I don't need it. Nah. I write the words of the day. So do you know? I have a gripe with you about May uh, uh, about March first word. I didn't think it was challenging enough. Duly noted. <laughs> so so there was a lot of information put out there, uh, and I honestly I was surprised by how much information was put out there. You know, we we dis- we discussed last week the food, the shops, um, kind of how the land fits in, and there's a lot of detail there. This week we're going to get into the rides, which there's a lot more detail mm. on the rides than I even anticipated. I mean, I can't believe some of the stuff that they were reporting on this early before it even opened that that Disney would kind of let them talk about. Um, so I'd have to imagine if. If this is what we're getting now, and they're only seeing a glimpse of it, I can only imagine how much more depth. Yeah, there I can only is. imagine what what what's more is in there. So, kind of jumping into it, you know, this week we'll be talking about the rides and the interactivity of the land. The one thing I found extremely fascinating is the fact that you're going to be using the Disney Play app to interact with the lands. So yes. The Disney Play app came out last year. And it was basically yeah over the summer I think right yeah it was basically just an app that when you're in line you can kind of play games get some points you know we heard rumors that you may eventually be able to win front like fast passes for it I don't I don't know that that's ever come to fruition yet Um, but really there's wasn't a ton to it it was a way to kind of keep you entertained in line that's what they said Uh, and at the same time we we had heard that. In Galaxy's Edge, your kind of reputation would follow you around. So, the decisions you make, you're not necessarily going to side. You don't. You're not going to pick a side. I'm first order. I'm resistance. But the the decisions you make are going to kind of follow you. So people will know if you're kind of sympathetic towards the first order. Some of the some people may shy away from you. Some people who are similar sympathizers may follow you. There's apparently gangs that play both sides, and you can kind of sympathize mm-hmm. and and team up with them. I'm interested to see whenever you have somebody together with somebody else who's in your two different sides, how they play that. And I think that's why you don't fully pick a side. It's kind of like you lean one way or the other. So people will still interact with you, but it might be a little bit different. You know, they they may not say something in the presence of somebody that sympathizes with the First Order, you know, than if you were both uh, pro-resistance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so... You, you kind of found out of how 
how is it going to actually follow you? I mean, in Disney World, you have the magic bands that could potentially have used that, but in Disneyland, they don't have that. So it seems like that the answer is going to be the Disney Play app. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into Galaxy's Edge, the app is actually going to change, and it's going to turn into um, basically a a data com. And so it's not going to be the, the same app that's out in the rest of the park. It's going to be a special Star Wars themed app that's specific to Galaxy's Edge. So we had talked about last week of how the idea is that the first order came here a few weeks ago and set up shop and the resistance is there as well. So all throughout the land, there are going to be these surveillance systems that the first order set up because they want to keep tabs on the resistance and see what people are doing. So one of the things that this app can do is by solving small puzzles, you can hack these surveillance systems. And the idea is if you are pro-resistance, you'll hack it and shut it off so the First Order can't track people. And if you side with the First Order, you go and you hack in and you turn it back on. And then after a certain amount of time, I'm not sure how long, uh, a winner will be declared. And so either the, your First Order team wins or the resistance wins. And there's gonna, they're going to be scattered all throughout. So you can go through and as you're waiting, you know, the line's too long, you want something else to do, you, your kids can kind of just go around and playing this game, um, kind of like a Pokemon Go, where it's like a geolocation thing. You know, like a Pokestop. You know, like you have yeah. to be at a gym and everybody has to be at one place. It's kind of similar to that, where there's teams constantly trying to turn these things, you know, on or off. The other thing that, that you'll be able to use the app for is to do translations. So we talked about this, that some of the stuff won't be in English. It'll be in the Star Wars language. So you'll be able to hold it up and see what it actually says and translate what's going on. And you'll also be able to kind of use it almost as a radio. So because the resistance is there and the first order is there, they're constantly sending messages and transmissions Transmissions, to each other, you know, back up to their ships. So you'll be able to kind of just sweep through the broadcasts and stumble upon different transmissions and Mm -hmm. overhear things and kind of that will help well, you like a, like a radio scanner or like whenever you were a kid and you had a walkie talkie and you were able to pick up on people's phone conversations that yeah you could pick up yeah, you essentially pick up different channels and that, that will like help fun. you that will help you find story beats uh and different things to be involved in as well cool the other thing that i saw that you can use the app for was just um you can interact with different elements like antenna arrays door panels drinking fountains droids uh media screens and ships throughout the whole park and also you can um i think that in one of the lines it mentioned that you can look inside the the shipping crates right so yeah so it's a great segue into the millennium falcon smugglers run ride because that was one of the things i said is as you're waiting in line to, to board the ride there's going to be a lot of shipping crates with labels on them, and you can use the app to scan the label and see what's inside, see what kind of stuff you're smuggling, the different creatures, the arms, you know, he's an arms dealer, different things like that, to kind of learn more about it while you're waiting in line. Mm-hmm. So really, so it's it's pretty fascinating how, you know, Disney... And he, can- the, the he we're talking about is Hondo Okana? Yes. Nana? Yeah. Yeah. Onaka. Onaka. Hon- That's it. I Hondo Onaka. Um, it. But yeah, but so it's interesting just to finish on the Disney Play app, how Disney released this app last year. Kind of, I mean, it was an interesting thing, but not a huge deal. And now it's becoming 
one of the centerpieces yeah. of this new land. So they kind of test a good job up. of integrating it. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, as you said, I have to imagine that whenever they open it up for real though, they're, they, they're going to crash the app or, I mean, I'm sure that they're, well, they're, you have to figure it's it, only yeah. people within the land. So, I mean, how many, they can only have so many thousands of people in there. That's true. Not, not any more than, you know, play it now, but so going into the rides now, uh, we'll start with the Millennium Falcon ride since we were talking about that. So it's a smuggler's run. We mentioned last week that this takes place after episode seven. So there's no Han Solo. So essentially the backstory is Chewie is uh, working with Hondo Onaka and he's from the Clone Wars series. So he was only on the animated series and they've actually uh, you know, brought him to life. He is one of the new, I think it's the A1000 animatronics and so he's i don't think quite as advanced as the he's shaman. the second most yeah, advanced not, besides not this the shaman, the shaman in pandora pandora he's right. the second most advanced right um animatronic that disney and owns. there's a video uh out there of him of you know like a, a 10 second of him moving and it, he looks lifelike so they mentioned that you know they put a bend in his knee so it looks like he could walk and, you know, just those type of things that he's very fluid and he's not stiff or anything like that. And just to add to the level of intrigue and as a little uh, Easter egg for you, the voice is provided by friend of the show, Jim Cummings. So no, not friend of the show. <laughs> well, In your mind, imaginary, hopeful friend of the show. And I think he did the voice. I believe he did the voice in the Clone Wars animated series. Yes, I think and that's yeah, yeah. And that's why they're having him exactly. do but the voice. In addition to that, I mean, we've talked about him before in our show, but he was the voice of Ed the Hyena, and he's also Winnie the Pooh. And, of course, he's parts of Scar in the Be Prepared song uh, because, again, Jeremy Irons uh, had vocal issues. And so Ed, or not Ed, Jim, I did it again, Jim filled in for him. Uh, and obviously, and he did Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he does some Winnie the Pooh. I think he, yeah, I think he does Tigger too. Don't, don't right. quote me. I think he's not just Winnie. Yeah, I don't the Pooh. know that he's. I wasn't saying he was Winnie the Pooh. So well, I have Winnie the Pooh some written of the down. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, it, it's it. I mean, I would say it's a familiar voice, but the guy is so has such a crazy vocal range that you won't know it's him, but it is right. So, you, so you will see him as as a full figure in this. But the idea is he runs the. Onaka Transport Solutions uh, kind of shipping thing. He's really a, a space pirate smuggler type thing who smuggles, you know, arms. Sounds like an NSYNC song, Space Pirate. Or no, that was Space Cowboy. Okay. <laughs> close enough, close <laughs> enough. So the idea is that you signed up to work for his company to fly the Millennium Falcon on a mission to smuggle something for him. And... So th- there's a full scale Millennium Falcon parked out front. Oh my gosh! I-, I read that this part is insane. I mean, because it, you can see part of it on the outside, but then also the the line, the way that they de- right. designed the line and how it snakes around it, and how it mentions that you know there's a part uh, there's like a viewing window of the antenna, and people are going to crowd in front of it. But they said like don't even worry about it because you can actually view the entire top of the Millennium Falcon. They have windows so that you can see it. Um, right. So basic, basically, you enter, you kind of walk around the Falcon to enter the line, and then the queue actually goes up a level or two so that 
and there's glass windows so that as you walk mm-hmm. up, you kind of get a, an aerial view all the way around it. Right. So you'll be able to really examine it closely. So you don't have to, you know, worry about what you're, you don't have to say like, oh man, am I going to be able to see this thing? Like you're going to get some nice up close and personal views of the Millennium Falcon because they designed the line so that you could see their handiwork. Right. And, and I, and I read that they designed the line it's similar to the Indiana Jones ride in Disneyland. So it's kind of a long winding line, mm-hmm. you know, through a lot. There, like you said, there's a lot of shipping containers to help build the backstory right. and things like that. And it's designed, and I'm, I'm very interested to see how this works because the whole ride is designed and Robin Reardon of uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, you know, the kind of- portfolio executive producer of Walt Disney Imagineering to be exact. So kind of mentioned that, you know, they built this so that you feel like you're the only crew on the only Millennium Falcon. So, you know, in a lot right. of rides at Disneyland, like you ride Soaring, you know there's other people there. You know it's not just you, um, you know, type thing. If you're in, you know, Avatar, riding a flight of passage, you know there's more people on it than just you. But they've built this to make it feel like, you know, you go into the queue to make it feel like you're actually going to be getting on the Millennium Falcon and that you're the only crew on it right. at that one time. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off. Yeah. When they said it, it's a level of guest participation that they haven't done. So, um, and she makes some, she made, or she made a comment about that you're the only cl- crew of the Millennium Falcon for that day that's going on that mission and that's a pretty amazing leap in terms of storytelling from the very beginning. Uh, and the, so, like, I'm wondering how many different, you know, options they have going on there, too. Because she almost made it sound like, I mean, she made it sound like almost like you, you can kind of determine different experiences for yourself. Well, too. it is a, com- so, so the ride experience itself and, and none of the media preview. So, again, we're kind of compiling this. You know, we weren't one of the people there, but we were kind of compiling this from all the articles. None of them actually rode the ride, so it wasn't on. But all the the information we have heard out of Disney so far is that this will be a it, it won't be a pre recorded video of a ride like Star Tours mm-hmm. that you will be on, and this is being powered by the most powerful graphics processors around. That it is going to be live rendered. So okay. if you if you turn the ship left, the whole thing renders to the left and you go that way if you you know shoot the thrusters or slow down it's rendering in real time so it's not that it's a different mission but depending on what you do if you bring up the shields if you don't bring up the shields it 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 adjusts to you so you could have a completely different experience there will be some pre-recorded portions of it but, but the majority it's, it's of, of it is is fresh every time. It sounds like, you know, very much like if you play one of the really good um, role-playing games like a Skyrim where, you know, depending on what you choose, then the story adjusts to what you choose. So even though, I mean, they build it, they have to obviously build everything out. It's not that it changes, but it's based on what you do that you're Except interacting the with the ride differently. Except for the fact that this is in real time. So, right. I mean, with video games... Sure, if you choose A, you're going to go this way versus B, but there's still a predefined A and B. You know, this is completely adapting to you. So if somebody pushes, because there's over 200 buttons that you can push. So if somebody pushes them, they all do something different 
in, in a completely oh different my goodness. way. And they have to. Yeah, I'm gonna push all the buttons. Yeah, you're pushing all the buttons. And so, but they, it has to. Re, it has to react to everything, and it renders it all. So it makes it feel like you're actually flying this thing. Right. So, and one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that you get on the ride, and there you are one of three roles. So you're you're either the pilot. You're the flight engineer or the gunner. So again, that's going to... And there's six people. So there's two of each role. Right. So you are... I mean, again, based on each individual's performance, I'm sure that the ride also adjusts and changes. Right. Yeah. So if you don't perform your job, you're going to ruin the mission. And then again, how we talked about your reputation follows you. They're going to you know, maybe make some comments. People are going to be looking at you because they heard you wrecked the Millennium Falcon (laughs) or... You know, you didn't smuggle what you needed to smuggle, and somebody's going to be looking so for their goods. So basically, you need to start like you need to create um, like resumes and stuff in line. If you don't have six people, you need to find people who look like ringers, and you have to figure out which ones are going to be good. Because if they stink, and you get on, you're going to get that reputation, even though you know you might have tried to carry the team. You might try to be like the LeBron James of the Cavaliers, but you know if you're not surrounded by a team that can really crush it, it might might really harm your your yeah and i'm not sure and that's the one thing we still don't know is how they're going to assign that reputation to you you know are you going to have to scan something to get that reputation picked up or again with the magic bands they could easily do that but in disneyland with just the disney play app they're going to have to somehow assign it to you do you get to pick your own name do you think like no i think it's just going to be you Okay, because that would be kind of cool, too, if you walk into the park and you get a particular name that you select, so, and then the characters can call you by it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that, because, again, that that's the one kind of piece that we still don't know yet. But So before you even get on the ride, they built it, so you go on and you kind of walk into the visitor quarters where the, the hollow chest is, and you're waiting for you to be called on to go into the into the um the cabin and fly it and they did this they said because they knew people would want to take pictures in the replica of the falcon so you have time there in order to kind of take pictures you know you know go about the set and everything but what it also sounds like is kind of a virtual queue line so they give you a number and then you're waiting there for your number to be called so it's it's similar to kind of what universal started doing like going to the deli yeah, but it's it's similar to what Universal started doing with like the Jimmy Fallon ride, where you go in and there's kind of like a pre-show, and then you're waiting there for your number to be called to go on the ride. So it's interesting that they've kind of built that in. So you're gonna have a traditional line, but then you're also gonna have this you know virtual line where you're waiting for a few minutes for it to be your turn to crew the ship, um, but then you also have time to kind of explore the ship, you know, get your Instagram photos and uh, <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Nice. So I, I think that's pretty much covers the Millennium Falcon ride. The The second uh, main attraction is the Rise of the Resistance ride. And everything we've heard so far is that this is going to be one of the longest rides Disney's <laughs> ever built. One of the most epic rides Disney's ever built. Disney's actually said that it's pretty much like four different ride experiences in one. Mm. Now... You know, we don't know all the details, and um, I think really most of the media preview, they didn't ride the ride, and they kind of only got to see the first you know, part of it of getting transported to the Star Destroyer. So they don't even know really what the full ride experience is. But 
this entrance is out in the forest where the resistance is set up. So they're kind of set up at some, you know, old, ancient, sacred sites uh, out in the forest. And, and you go out there and the idea is you kind of get recruited to join the resistance and um, you're going to go and Poe Dameron is going to take you up to, um, you're going to help, you're going to help him on a mission. So in, in this ride, and they, that sounds like a blast. Yeah. So in this ride, they announced, um, you will see Poe, Ray, uh, Kylo Ren's going to be in it. And so is Finn and Finn's going to be, in. so those, those four and, and they, and all four of those, um, individuals, the, the people that play those characters, um, all film parts for this as they were filming episode nine. So they were all involved. So you'll see, oh, cool. you'll so, see them involved. So kind of like the, uh, the guardians of the galaxy. Um, exactly. In uh, Disneyland. Exactly. So, so the idea is here that again, you're, you're helping Poe, you get on a transport and he, and he's taking you on a transport. And as you're traveling, you know, something goes awry, you get attacked by the first order and Poe isn't able to hold them off. He falls off. You get pulled into a uh, tractor beam, and it pulls you into a star destroyer. So that's kind of like the first, you know, portion of the ride is that is that you get pulled in, you know, the, this tractor beam, and then where you get out is basically the hangar of a star destroyer. And they've said that this is one of like the biggest buildings that Disney has ever built. That and it's just a replica of a star destroyer hangar. And what's interesting is. They're using force perspective to make it seem bigger than it really is. It's already massive to begin with in real life, mm-hmm. but then they use force perspective to make it seem bigger. So there's yeah, going to be they, don't they have um oh my gosh what are they called stormtroopers, stormtroopers. but they're like smaller just they're not as they're not full scale they're not full scale to make it seem like the, there's more of them and it's bigger and some of them will be an, uh, animatronic so that they have slight movement so that you think they're alive. There's Tie Fighters in the wing and everything. So this is you know kind of going to be one of the main kind of awe moments you know it's, it's going to be an epic thing but it sounds like you're not going to be in here too long because you're going to get off the transport and then um for people the cast members that are dressed as first order people will be um shuffling you off to kind of like a detention area mm. and and what they've described this as is in the force awakens where uh, poe was interrogated by kylo ren kind of those kind of that area um, so that, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of this ride. Yeah, so, that, so that's where you'll go. And, and it'll be interesting because, you know, they'll be bringing groups in. And so it won't be that strange that there'll be other people there because it's just other people that got detained by the First Order. And then eventually, and this is kind of where, you know, the, the media preview stuff stopped. But, you know, again, we know from... Uh, previous information that we've kind of heard about the ride and that we know eventually you will get onto a trackless ride vehicle there's that there's a droid on the front and you'll be going through and kind of escaping the star destroyer will come face to face with at ats um and you know full-size ones and apparently you'll see kylo ren a, f- a few times and right you know, they, I, I, I think i mean one one source that i read said that you includes a battle with him yeah and and that's what they say you'll come kind of come face to face with him now do you think it's going to be with mask or without mask kylo ren um it depends on what they're going to do in the next movie but i'm thinking without no see i think they're going to have with mask because i think 
you know, they've, they've kind of mentioned that, you know, we mentioned uh, the Hondo animatronic. You know, they mentioned that there are going to be other of these advanced animatronics oh, out there. Oh, that makes there. sense. Yeah, make it easier. And they didn't mention, they didn't say who it was. I think, and they've made comments that you're going to come face-to-face with Kylo Ren. Now, I mean, Ray's in this, Poe's in this, Finn's in this. They don't mention that you're going to come face-to-face with them. Right. So I think that there's going to be, this is my guess, I think there's going to be an advanced Kylo Ren AA in this ride that you, like you said, either battle. I would be willing to bet that you're right. Or you, or you interact with. And so I think if they do that, it's going to be his mask. And so if Adam Driver filmed any scenes, because maybe they use screens in this as well, um, I think I think it'll be with the mask because I I think that would be a lot easier. Uh, it, it's an easy way to do an animatronic because you're not going to make an animatronic look like Adam Driver. But if you put a right. mask it's, on, you don't it, have you don't risk the um, animatronic falling into Uncanny Valley right. if it's wearing. The and you mask. don't have and you can save by not putting any parts to make his head move. You don't need to have any facial expressions, and you can you know put put all more into the movement of him. So I, I think that's I think that's going to be, you know, kind of some of the big moments I think that they're kind of didn't mention from this is going to be, yeah, a, a Kylo Ren animatronic. And there have been rumors of some sort of lightsaber, um, virtual reality lightsaber fight because Ooh. Disney patented diff- uh, a few different pieces of technology that would essentially allow them to create a lightsaber. So what it seemed like is you wear essentially almost like a fighter pilot helmet, kind of like how you know the X-Wing pilots have a helmet, and then that helmet will be augmented reality to make it look like you have a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And that kind of kind of like the Jedi Challenges game, mm-hmm. the the uh, the VR or I guess that's augmented reality, you know, yeah. headset. So that you'll have a lightsaber. Like the void kind of yeah, and similar to that. So, you know, we haven't heard anything about that. So maybe that's something that's coming later. But that could also be something that's incorporated in this ride that part of you breaking out involves uh, a lightsaber battle with Kylo Ren I like or the, something like that. I like the quote from this, like a particular part um, in the, the D23 article, I think it was, where they say it's a cinematic immersive experience. I mean, those three words together, that's like a match made in heaven right there. Right. It. It just makes me want to want to go and ride it. Yeah, and there and there were rumors a few weeks ago that this ride was going to be twenty eight minutes long. Now, what Disney said at the media preview, the rumored ride time was kind of grossly overstated. But you have to figure the transport of just going to the Star Destroyer, going from the you know being on the hangar to a detention center to then getting on a ride, that's probably going to take five or six minutes as it is. So you have to imagine this ride is at least a 15-minute ride, 20-minute. So, yeah, maybe it's not Don't a... Don't book any fast passes right after you Yeah, maybe it's this. Maybe it's not a half-an-hour ride, but this is... I mean, they, they said this is the most epic thing they've ever built, and and it, it sounds incredible. You know, you, you worried whenever... You first heard about them building this. So you're excited, but then you're worried. Are they going to mess it up? Are they going to try to cut corners? Mm-hmm. And 
Doesn't it, sound like it. Yeah, and it's not going to, you know, stuff's not going to work quite right. It doesn't sound like that at all. I mean, if you listen to the last episode, all the merchandise and shops, the lightsabers that you can buy, it all seems, you know, extremely high quality, top of the line. And these rides, I mean, just having one of these rides would be one of the probably most technologically advanced rides. And like I said, just the, the fact that the Millennium Falcon renders the ride in real time is, yeah. is a huge leap forward. And that would probably be good enough. But then you have this Rise of the Resistance ride, which everybody was talking about, I want to fly the Millennium Falcon. Nobody had been talking about the Rise of the Resistance ride. And I think this is going to be the sleeper hit because, again, it's like four rides in one. And I think this may end up being people's... More popular than Yeah, more, more popular ride. It may be people's favorite ride. I'm more excited about riding that than, than the Millennium Falcon. Um, well, I definitely think it'll be... It'll be fun with the Millennium Falcon. I do worry that you know everybody's going to want to be a pilot, and if you're not the pilot actually flying the thing, is it is are you going to be diminished somewhat? You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're a gunner or you're an engineer, I, say, I think it would be kind of fun to to be a gunner. The, I think a gunner would engin- be good. Yeah, I think the engineer might be a flight engine. I don't really know what that would do because the pilot is they're controlling. Like, they're doing like the shields and and you know they're pushing the buttons. Oh, maybe. Um, an engine overheated they have to divert power so it's gonna be that more... sounds a little like a little too logistical for me yeah so that's what i kind of wonder if it's going to be diminished if yeah you're not the one on the throttle um that you could have some varying degree of participation of ride, uh, well of ride experience because to your point maybe you get a you get a group that's not so great they don't push all the buttons and it doesn't go as well as planned i could see i, I think it'd still be a great ride but i could see people having some issues with it was rise of the resistance it's going to be consistent every time and it sounds pretty incredible mm-hmm. yeah so. I, I mean if i wasn't stoked before i'm even more stoked now because you got a lot more information i mean i read several articles and you even got more information in your articles than what i was able to to find and now i'm even more excited yeah and we talked about this last week of we really weren't planning i mean to go it's going to open Sometime in the summer at Disneyland and and fall winter at Disney World, and we've been t- we've been talking about this on the podcast before that it's going to be so crowded as soon as it opens. There's going to be I mean there's going to be on, insane lines just yeah. to get in, and that we probably would wait a while to go. But I mean, after reading some of this stuff, I I want to go yesterday. <laughs> I mean, really, like I I'm I'm ready to say. I will go, and if I have to wait five hours to ride Rise of the Resistance, I think it may be worth it. Yeah. I well, think it sounds it may- like there's plenty enough to do. That it's not even going to seem like five hours. Right. And I think what I think what the best plan will be is if you want to go within the first year of when this thing opens. Don't plan on doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, what I'm kind of thinking is planning a trip, maybe a long weekend, when we say, okay, we're going to go to the parks for three days, but we're not going to plan to do anything else besides Galaxy's Edge. And that way, if you go in one day, you wait in line and you get to ride one ride and maybe see a few of the shops. And then you have to go back the next day and you know you get to do the lightsaber building or something like that. It's okay because you're not really planning to do much else. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think that you just have to you know, especially in the first year, couple years, just be happy with doing these things. Like you don't have to do anything else. Exactly. 
So, so yeah. yeah. So I, I, think, I think that we pretty much covered almost all the bases that we could possibly with the information that's available Yeah, at least right what now. we have right now. So I think now it's just a matter of waiting uh, until the land actually opens and, and getting people's reviews of you know, how these rides actually are, how everything actually was executed. But it sounds like it's shaping up to be a, a pretty great experience. Mm-hmm. You know, they said, Disney said somewhere, their idea was to let you live your Star Wars adventure. Um, and I think that's going to happen. Now, the one thing that wasn't mentioned in anything and hasn't been mentioned in a while is the Star Wars Hotel. So oh, that's still... Yeah. <clears throat> That's still something that's supposedly going to be coming to Walt Disney World at some point. I think the minute this opens, people are then going to be talking, when's that hotel coming? Yeah. Because um, if they're doing this this great with this, I think uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with that hotel. So, I again, we haven't heard anything in a while. Fingers crossed they don't magically just cancel it for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I think the land is going to do well enough and have enough demand that they'll definitely still see the hotel as a, as a viable right. option. I mean, I'm sure that they'll... Maybe they'll build one in Disneyland because they canceled that one hotel. Maybe they resurrect the idea of building a another hotel and they put a Star Wars hotel out there. Oh, that's a possibility. Yeah, I think that... I think it might be part of the, the levels too. You know, the people who are anxious and want to go right in the beginning, you're going to go, but you're not going to be able to stay in the hotel. And then a couple of years down the line, once the crowds have died down, then they'll re like, they'll make a resurgence of interest when they get the hotel up and running. Well, they mentioned the hotel's only going to be like a hundred rooms. So it's going to be very hard to get into anyways. It's not going to be like a, a ton of people are going to go in there. So hey, I know somebody who's good at getting tickets to things. Yeah. I think it's just persistence. That's the key. Exactly. So. Sounds good. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening again this week. Again, if you didn't listen to part one last week, you know, go back and listen to that now. If you did, you know, thank you for, for listening to part two. Thanks as for well. your listenership. Yeah. Make sure um, you leave us a rating or, or a review uh, on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And we'll see you here next week. And remember, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.